Before I came to Momentum, I, uh, I worked for the uh, City of Fort Wayne Beach Police Department, and I lived over there. And I wasn't going to church. I didn't, I didn't, didn't have any desire to, because over the years through college and everything else, um, the church had really hurt me. Rock bottom for me was um, there's a shooting that happened, and I was the first officer on the scene. And he had he had been shot in the chest, and he was laying in the front yard. And I got over to him, and I'm trying to stop the bleeding, and he's bleeding all over the place. Well. He ended up bleeding out and he died in my arms. And walking away from it, I felt that it was my fault that I hadn't done everything that I could have to, to save him. I was so angry at God, you know, what, and, I, and I remember telling him, I was like, why do I want to serve someone who I don't feel has my back, who's not gonna, you know, who's not gonna be there for me? Well, you weren't there for him, why, why would I want to be there with you? And Really, if anything turned me away from going to church, it, it was that. So I just, I lived my life and I was, I was very, very angry. <laughs> I maybe went to church a couple times with my grandparents, things like that, but I didn't um, grow up in a Christ-centered home. Um, I have amazing parents, you know, that loved us and I had a really good childhood and stuff, but um, Jesus wasn't, you know, part of our family. Um, so I just, when I got into high school and things like that, I got into just some, um, dark places in my life where I was just um, turned to alcohol and drugs and sex and things like that to um, fulfill some voids in my heart that I was missing, you know, that I didn't really know at that time what I'm missing. I don't know, it was a couple years later, just still living that kind of destructive life um, that I met my husband, Brian. I knew about God and had a strong foundation in Jesus. My parents led very well in that. I kind of just left church. I'm Gabe Trujillo, uh, and in 2016, I thought I was the top of my game. Um, and I was still in high school at the time. I uh, actually was a baseball player. I had a lot of friends, and I had everything I thought I wanted at that point, um, and everything that at that point meant something to me. That same year, I was arrested. I was arrested for battery. Prior to that, my parents had always always pushed on me who God was and who Jesus was and so I knew everything I needed to know and I wasn't listening. In the moment I was arrested I, I, I was I was angry. I was angry at myself, I was angry with my parents, I was angry with my friends of course you know because I, I, I wanted to put blame everywhere else and, and most of most of all I was I was angry with God um, because again, there was that foundation. I knew that God had a plan for my life, but I never wanted to give my life to that kind of plan. So um, October 2011, um, we had went to the Pensacola Interstate Fair that they have here every year. All of the locals know that that's the big thing, that we go to the fair. I don't know if Pastor Tim had yelled his name or if he saw him, but somehow they connected. And um, he just went over there and I was like, who is he talking to? I was like, I am not walking over there because at that time I was still, you know, living for myself and I probably had a beer in my hand and I smoked at that time. So I was probably doing things like that. So um, I was like, I'm definitely not going over there because I don't know who these people are. But um, so when he came back and he told me who it was, you know, he was so excited. He was like, that's Pastor Tim. That was my youth pastor. And, you know, they're going to be starting a church and we have to go and, and things like that. So Tim is like coming down the fair and I see him. I'm like, man, what the heck? So Tim's like, Brian. I'm like, Tim. And I'm like, so I go over there. I'm like, and he's like, hey, man, we're coming down here to start a church. We're coming down here to start a church. We want you to be a part of it. We're going to move down here. I think right a week or two after that, we started coming to Momentum. So the first Sunday that I came and uh, I worked the detail at Momentum, and everybody was so nice. You know, I, I got so many handshakes and high fives and hugs. Like I was like, "Whoa, these these people!" Are, I didn't know how to take it at first. I was like, "These people are a little uh, little friendly." I, I don't know about this, you know. And I was thinking, okay, well, it wasn't bad. I'll I'll come back next week. I'll, you know, I'll work it again next week. And so I came back. You know, next Sunday, everybody remembered my name. 
that that was the thing that that just stuck out to me the most and i i came home and i told my wife i'm like thank you my name i was like man you know y'all have shown me so much love and yeah i'm just the deputy that comes and works you know the detail yeah you know that that you didn't have a reason to to be nice to me you know i'm, I'm doing this as a job you you just let me sit out in the parking lot but no they they made the conscious effort that you know they bring me coffee they bring me food they and then they they would tell me that they were praying for me and you know i don't remember the last time i had you know people praying for me uh, i remember my mom got plugged into momentum first and there was easter it was easter and I remember walking into the to the gathering and it being packed, like more packed than I think I'd ever seen at a church before. I remember worship started. Matt was singing um, Do It Again by Elevation. I remember weeping when I heard that song. I remember crying and crying as that song played and I think it was just a, a holy moment for me and, and God and, um, and I think I left momentum on that Easter not only being so excited about going to church, but excited about my, my walk with Christ. I remember praying to God, you know, if, if I've got to go away to be right with you, Lord, if that's what it takes, Lord, then send me there. I, I want to be right with you. I want, I want to change my life for you, and I, I want you to know I'm accepting of, of, of that kind of discipline. God was so gracious to me, and my charges were dismissed, and I didn't deserve it. Um, I didn't deserve it. I don't know why, I don't know how, um, but every day I'm thankful to God for that. So about six years ago, we found out that Brian had to have um, open heart surgery. So in that moment, um, we were new to the church. We had been at Momentum for, you know, maybe a year or so. Um, so I was still, you know, figuring out this relationship thing with Jesus. Um, so just hearing that news just as a wife and just, um, you know, hearing that about your husband that's only 30 years old, having to have open heart surgery, um, you know, it was very hard to take that in. And so we get there that day, go through the, you know, procedure. Um, things just turned horribly wrong. I was just shocked whenever I heard, you know, that things didn't go, are not going so well. The doctors come out and say he has three minutes to live, three minutes to figure something out or, or he's dead. So um, at that time, I called um, Pastor Tim and Stephanie and just told them the, the news, the things that were happening, you know, and they quickly got up there and, and they must have sent out texts to or calls to all of the church because within an hour or so, I mean, the whole Momentum Church pretty much at that time was there at the church with us, surrounding us. And that to me just meant the world to me. Like, it, I mean, we had our family there, but it just meant the world because they were not backing down either. And they were teaching me in that moment because I was not a prayer warrior at the time. They were teaching me at that moment, the power of prayer, the power of interceding, the, the power of Jesus. Like they were not backing down and praying and um, they were just teaching me. And, and as they were being so powerful and just so bold and, and not giving up, like the faith of them was expelling to me that night. And I was like, no, I'm not giving up either. I'm staying in faith and I'm believing that my God is coming through until the last minute. It was just awesome to be able to experience that. And I feel like that is a moment in my life that just shifted. Like I shifted and I'm like, I am serving this God that is mighty and powerful for the rest of my life. You know, so it just made me excited and, and want to dig deeper into God and just dig deeper into prayer and realize the power of prayer, you know? So as you can see, God pulled Brian through. You know, I grew up believing that I had to earn it that everything in my life, I had to be the, the best, I had to earn it. I had to, you know, earn my, my father's praise. And that in turn meant I had to earn God's praise. But I remember Pastor Tim telling, you know, he said that we can never earn it. And that, it blew me away. And it was like, I don't have to be good enough. I can't be good enough. And God actually came down and he, he was good enough for me. And it, it, changed, it changed everything. I remember pulling over as I was driving home and just stopping because nobody had ever explained that to me. Nobody had ever told me, you know, that I didn't have to earn it. I didn't have to be good enough. Jesus was already good enough. 
I, I didn't have friends for a long time. I didn't have any relationships in my life for a long time. It was like going back to the drawing board. So coming to a church with people with open arms, ready to welcome you and accept you for who you are was such a welcome sight for myself. I never expected my prodigal son to come to me at 17 and 18. I figured he'd probably do what his daddy did and go through a good nine or 10 year period of, of wandering. But God moved and my son is back, you know, and on fire. And from a father's perspective, that is peace. Caleb, uh, one of our worship leaders at Momentum, found out I played guitar and sang a little bit and played bass. And eventually, you know, Caleb pushed long enough and I, and I, I finally got on stage and I'm a worship leader and I'm, almost, I'm on stage almost every, every Sunday. Um, and it's a blast, I, I love it. It's like everything that I thought I had that I lost was replaced with everything um, that I really needed. It's changed my life. It's just awesome, the, the freedom that you feel when you walk in there, that the chains have fallen off, you know? And, and that's just the hope that I want to share with others, that momentum is a place of just comfort, a place of just um, freedom, you know, and it's all because of Jesus. And I just want people to know that even though you might be doing something, you know, right now that's not honoring to God, still come. You know, God is the one that will set you free from that and will be able to let you walk in freedom and wholeness. And that's just momentum has really shown me that by leading the way. You know, our, our leadership is amazing. Our pastors are amazing. They lead the way with, you know, just showing you what it means to really follow Jesus. And as you follow Jesus, He's the one that changes you and transforms you. If momentum wasn't in my life, I, I don't, I honestly don't know where I would be. You know, it, it wouldn't be good, I can tell you that much. I, I love you guys so much. Y'all have shown me so much kindness that I have felt to my core. And y'all have done so much for me and my walk in the Lord that I am thankful for each and every one of you. How you guys doing today? God's been so good. Seven years. Seven amazing years. And at Momentum Church, we measure success by life change. You saw just a few stories of stories from our church of how God has radically changed people's lives. I'm addicted to that. Because their story is either our story or it can be our story. Because God makes all things new. It doesn't matter where you are today. If you're here and you're like, man, I don't know. Like, I'm too bad. I'm too far gone. Like, I thought the roof was going to cave in today. I don't know if God could could do that for me. Can I tell you something? He can. And he will. He can. And he will. Yeah. I want you guys to go ahead and be seated, would, would you? I, I just want to read a couple verses today, a little bit uh, different today. The band's going to stay up here. And I'm in Ephesians. Verses will not be on the screens today like normal. Um, they're right here. So I'm going to read them. And if you've got a Bible, you can go to Ephesians if you want to. Uh, pull out your phones, your tablets, go to Ephesians. It's in the New Testament. It's one of the books that Paul penned. And he's talking to these believers. In, in chapter 3, he talks about God's incredible plan. Now, over seven years, man, if you'd have asked me, would you have believed that God would have done all this seven years ago? You know, like, God blew my mind. Like, I knew God was going to move. I knew God was going to work. I knew God was going to perform miracles. And we've seen the miracles. And there will be more miracles. I believe that with all my heart. But I want to tell you something. Never, ever, ever could I even have imagined or dreamed what all God has done. I mean, I get tired when I just think about it. Everything that God has done. It is awesome. And so that's what Paul is saying. Paul is talking about God's grace 
And, you know, grace is, is when God gives us what we don't deserve. You know, that's grace. You know, if you messed up at work and, like, you really messed up, man. You cost the company, your organization, you cost them literally hundreds of thousands of dollars. Grace would be your boss coming in and saying, I'm going to double your salary. That's grace. That's what grace is. You didn't deserve it. That's grace. Mercy would be that he didn't fire you. Grace would be that he said, guess what? You're like, what? And he said, you really screwed up. You're like, oh, no. And he says, that's bad news. A little more bad news. You, you cost the company almost a million dollars. And now you're like, oh, my gosh, this is not good. And then he says, but I got good news. We're going to double your salary because we just invested $900,000 in you. And you just became our number one employee. That would be grace. And, and that's what Paul is talking about. He's talking about God's grace and his mighty power that would allow him to serve Jesus. And if you remember, if you remember, Paul, he had a name change. His name used to be Saul. And Saul killed Christians. He persecuted Christians. And God makes all things new. And so God totally, radically, completely one, I'm talking about just, just spun them all the way around and said, buddy, I'm just going to make you brand new, man. You were going this way. Now you're going to do a 180 and you're going to go this way. And this is the context for which we pick up chapter three, chapter three. So now in verse 14, Paul is talking about his prayer. This is his prayer. It's his desire and it's about spiritual growth. I want to I read this just to put the last three verses in uh, context for you. So we're in Ephesians 3, verse 14. Paul says this, when I think of all this, when I think of all this, when, when you think of all what? When you think of all God's grace, when you think of all God's purpose, because God has a purpose. God has a plan for momentum. And his plan for momentum, his purpose for momentum is way bigger than we could ever imagine. Are you with me? That's us as a church. That is corporately. But individually, God has a purpose and a plan for you. He does. God has a purpose and a plan for you. And God's plan and his purpose for you is way bigger, way higher, way better than you could ever imagine. I love what Gabe said. I love in the video, man, where you, you're talking about, man, but, but everything I thought I didn't want was everything I needed. And God knew it. That's because God's purpose prevails. Would you say that with me? God's purpose prevails. That's right. And Paul knew that. Who better than Paul? Because on the way to kill Christians, as Saul, God shows up and he speaks to them. And there's a bright light and he, uh, he's blinded. He goes to his knees. And, and uh, the other guys don't really have a clue what's going on. But all of a sudden, he has a major life change a major life change and he literally God takes him 180 degrees from killing and trying to stop the church to now being the number one voice of the church are you with me and so Paul says when I think of all of this I fall to my knees and I pray to the father you know what Thanksgiving ought to do Thanksgiving ought to take us to our knees when we remember and reflect on everything that God has done for us, it ought to take us to our knees and, and it ought to just, our hands ought to just say, God, thank you. You've been so good to me. Let me ask you a question. Has God been good to you? Has God been good to you? Has he been good to your family? Huh? He's been good to us, hasn't he? And, and so Paul says, man, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the Creator, capital C, the Creator of everything in heaven and on earth, just in case you didn't know that. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Isn't that good? Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him and your roots will grow down into God's love your root, your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. And may 
you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. And that's so good. That's one of the greatest prayers you can pray over your family, over your children, over your spouse, over your family members and your friends, that, that they would know, that they would know, that they would have the power to understand how incredible God's love really is. And, he, and here's the text for today. So that's the context. See, what I mean by that is sometimes people pick a verse out and they, they pick a verse out of the Bible and then they throw it. And they're like, this verse, but they didn't understand what was actually happening in the text. Sometimes verses get misquoted. You know what I'm talking about? And a verse gets thrown at you. And then when you read what was before and after, you're like, that's not what it was saying at all. It's kind of like the news sometimes. News can pick out one thing. You know what I'm talking about? And then it can be like, that's not even, right? So here we go. Not picking on the news, just keeping it real. Um, all right, so verse 19, here we go, ready? May you, now this is personal, and Paul is saying may you, and this is kind of like Paul is at Starbucks with a meeting with you, and you're sitting across from each other, and it's that personal, and his love for God is overflowing. It's bubbling up, and he's looking at you. And Paul has tasted and seen how good God is. And now he wants you to taste. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know if y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like grandma's dessert. Comes out of the oven. And she gives you the first bite. And you put it in your mouth and you're like, mm, mm, Jesus. Mm. And you're like, y'all don't know what y'all missing up in here. And, that's, and Paul's like, oh, here he goes. Verse 19, may you experience the love of Christ. Because if the love of Christ is just something in your head and it's never taken an elevator eight inches down to your heart, then, then, then people around you will have, to have a hard time believing that you actually believe what you say you believe. And he says this, he says, may you experience the love of Christ. How do we experience the love of Christ? I mean, you know, so many different ways, but I think one of the greatest ways is when God forgave us. When God said, okay, here's your record. Woo, you're guilty. Look at that rap sheet. Holy cow, holy cow. Guilty, guilty. You did what? Guilty, 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 guilty. And then God deletes it. He deletes it and he forgives us. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. I don't know about you. But I can't even begin to wrap my arms around the love of God. Like how he still loves me. Why he still loves me. Why he loves me unconditionally. Like when I didn't deserve it. When I couldn't earn it. When there was nothing I could do. I was helpless. It was like all God blessing me. And I had nothing to give to God. Are you with me? And God's like, yeah, that's my MVP. I want to pick him over here. He's on my side. And that's the same with you. So may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then, when you experience the love of Christ, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power. Life and power that comes from God. You know what we need from God? We need His life. We need the life of Christ to flow through us. And we need the power of God to flow through us. That's the anointing. That's what the world can't counterfeit. That's what they can't make up. That even if they try, they can, they can come up with so many different things, but what they cannot get right, even though they may try to mimic it and fabricate it, they cannot compete with the life of Christ and the power of God. And I would say today, that's what God wants his church to experience is his life. And his power. I love this. It says, verse 20, now, 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 now that I said all this, I'm wrapping it up now. And then the next word says all. Somebody say all. All. Someone say all. Now all glory. 
all glory. We don't even know what that means. We, we, we don't even know what that means. I, 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 was, I was at a uh, Justin Timberlake concert in December, I think, with uh, Steph and Elizabeth and Matt. And we were there, and, and, and the concert was going, and man, he was crushing some songs. And, and everyone literally um, was caught up in how awesome the concert was. And, and it's almost like people began to worship him. And I'll never forget at a moment, he stepped out on the stage and he just lifted his hands and he just stayed there. And it was like he was absorbing all the applause and all the praise. And there may have been, I don't know, maybe, maybe 15, 20,000 people there. And, and that might have been like his best day ever. Are you with me? And, and yet, there's only one who deserves all the glory. And in that moment, like, it's like, okay, dude, you're on. Like, you're singing. You're crushing it. You got the dance moves. Moves like Jack. I, I got you, man. You, you're crushing this thing. But, but there's only one that deserves that kind of glory. There's only one that needs to bask in fame. I'm not talking about little fame with a little F. I'm talking about capital fame. All caps. The one that the angels say, holy, holy, holy. It's the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. I'm talking about the one who the stars sing to. And he knows them by name. The Bible says he calls the stars out every night. He calls them out. We can't even count them. And yet he calls them. He can call what you can't count. And he calls them all out by name. I'm talking about the one who all the heaven says he is worthy of all praise of all glory i'm talking about the one who one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he alone is worthy of all praise he's the king of kings he's the lord of lords he's the great i am he's the bright morning star he's the alpha he's the omega he's everything in between He's the savior of the world. He's the creator of the world. He's the redeemer of my heart. I'm talking about his name is Jesus. That's who it is. And now, oh, glory to God who is able. It's not that he was able, but it is that he is able. He is not just able, but he is able through his mighty power at work within us for some reason God loves to put his power in us fragile jars of clay if you're not standing that would be a great time join us I just invite you to the party real quick because we're talking about Jesus he's worthy of you standing amen 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 all right, we're getting there. We're getting there. And so God puts that power within us. But why does God put his power within us? Here it is. Ready? To accomplish. To accomplish. Because God's purpose prevails. To accomplish. God wants you 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 to accomplish you and you. God wants you all to accomplish his purpose in your life. How do I do that? His life his power. All right, now watch. To accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Here's what I love. God, his plan is way bigger, way better than ours. God can do way more with your life than you could ever do with your life. God can do more in a few seconds in your life than you could try to do your entire life. God knows how to catapult you. God knows how to launch you. God knows that. And his purpose is for us as Jesus followers to be launched into his will, into his direction, into his purpose, and into his accomplishment. And it's more than we might ask or think. Watch, watch. Here it is. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever 
and ever and ever and ever. And then the word amen means let it be so. The word amen is like, let's go. That's what it means. Amen is like, that's right, right there. That's what, you want more ice cream? Yes, that's what that means. You want more cake? Yes. And, and this verse is saying now, the glory of God. Listen, it is moved from generation to generation to generation to generation. Five generations ago, they saw it. Ten generations ago, they saw it. Your grandparents' generation saw it. Your parents' generation saw it. And now we get to behold the glory of God in our own generation. And like David said, he said in Acts, it's recorded that David served God in his own generation. The story of momentum. It's about one person. He spells his name G-O-D at the top of the page. He's never been corrected. Never been defeated. In fact, he's never even been tied. He is the undisputed champion. It's who he is. And that same glorious God is the hero of our story and all the glory all the glory belongs to him it belongs to him and he is worthy of you work listen he's worthy of you realizing that he's worthy of your life the greatest thing could happen today for you is one of two things number one if you're not a Christian the greatest thing could happen is for you to realize that you need him but he loves you and you would trade everything bad for everything good everything imperfect for everything holy you with me that's the best thing could happen if you don't know Jesus um, if you do know Jesus the best thing that could happen is not just that you're a believer not just that you're a follower because many people follow Jesus but then there were disciples. There were disciples. There were times where his followers followed him from afar. And maybe that's you today. The best thing could happen to you as a Christian is you say, God, I've just been doing this all wrong. I've been living for me. I've been thinking it's about me. I've been living for me and what I can, what I can get and what I can purchase and what can make me happy. And it's a quick fix and I feel bad. And it's a quick fix and I feel bad. And I think it's that. But then when I get there, I'm still empty. And so then I come over here and I go, well, maybe this would do it if I just try harder. If I could. And then you get there and you, you get at the top of the ladder. And the problem is it's leaning against the wrong wall. So you come back down the ladder and you run back over here and you think, oh, and listen, you, you today could just go from saying, okay, yes, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, and yeah, I kind of follow Jesus sometimes at a far, sometimes at a distance, but now I'm going to step into being a full-fledged disciple of Jesus. That means that I'm going to learn of him and I'm going to speak of him and I'm going to do it because he alone is worthy now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think or even imagine according to the power that works within us we give him all the glory so Jesus we give you all the glory today you alone are worthy and you're the famous one the famous one the famous one we're so small. You are so big. We're so weak. You are so strong. And today we remember what you have done. We remember the story. These seven years. The stories. Thousands of people that have crossed the line of faith. A thousand people, Lord, has followed you in believers' baptism. People that have been discipled. And are now not just followers of Jesus, they're disciples of Jesus. I thank you for that. And Lord, we say that we recognize that it is your power and it's your life in work inside of us that's working in us. So we can lead people to passionately follow Jesus. 
We love you today, God. We give you all the glory. I pray, Lord, we're going to sing this song, and then I'm going to give an invitation today, God. And I pray that today people would cross the line of faith. I pray for people online watching that cross the line of faith. I pray for people in Navarre, Gulf Breeze, Blackwater, they'd cross the line of faith today. I pray for Christians today, Lord, that they would say, you know what? I'm just going to renew my life to you, God. I'm just, I'm renewing it. I'm just renewing my dedication to live for you, to follow you, to, to want to desire you, to say, to say, God, it's, it's not about me anymore. I'm laying my flesh down. I'm putting my arms up. I'm surrendering to you because you are worthy. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to get ready to sing this one more time. But you know what God's done in seven years? God wants to continue to do. And year seven is a year of jubilee. That's a whole series right there. But if... um, Your jubilee is like you going out for a really expensive meal and then finding out that someone else paid the bill. And you're like, oh man, it just got better. That's the year of jubilee. Like God is just getting started. We're in April now and God's like, oh man, oh man, no good thing. I'm not going to withhold any good thing from those who walk uprightly. God has so many blessings for this church. I believe with all my heart this is the year that we will see God's unprecedented blessing in so many different ways. And we've seen it all along. But I I just believe with all my heart this year, year seven, the year of perfection for imperfect people, that we're going to watch God blow our minds. We're going to watch God stretch our faith. We're going to watch God do the impossible. He's done it before. He's going to do it again. Let's sing it out. Come on, church. Let's go. I want you to sing like you mean it. I want you to give it everything right now. Sing to him. Here we go. Promise still stands. And great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. But this is my today. Believe it for yourself. Believe it for your family. Believe it for your church. Let's go. I see you move. That's right. You move the mountain. And I believe. Yes, God, we do believe. I see you You're going to do it again. You made a way. So many times. When there was no way. And I, I believe. believe. Come on. I see you do it. Yeah. I see you move. You move the mountain. That's right. And I believe. Yes, God. I see Come on, you do it again. You made a way. There was no way. Of our story and all the glory, God, is yours and yours alone. It's yours, God. It's yours, God. All the glory. Every person that's crossed the line of faith, the glory is yours, God. Every person that's followed you in baptism, the glory is yours, Lord. Every person that went from being selfish to serving, the glory is yours, Lord. God, every person that has found their purpose 
the glory is yours. Every Christian that was out of church that got back in and picked back up the Bible and bent their knees and allowed you to work in their life, the glory is yours, God. Every person that's followed you in obedience and moved towards community, the glory is yours, Lord. Every invite, God, the glory is yours. Every miracle, every miracle, every life, the glory is yours, God. It's all yours. Yes, God. So good. You're so great. We are confident. You never, never once. Never left me once. Never failed me once. Never ignored me once. Never pretended like you didn't see me once. Never once. Never once, God. Not one time. Come on. Come on, faith is rising today. Your faith is rising to God. Your faith is rising today. You're taking your eyes off of your circumstances and you're putting it on your Savior. Yeah. Come on. Do it again, God. Higher. Wider. Longer. Focus on the size of your mountain. Focus on the size of the mover. Yes. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. God, we ask you to do it again. We ask you, God, for more changed lives. God, we ask you to empower us with your life, with your power, to enable us to lead people to passionately follow you closely. Closely, Jesus. God, we want to see disciples raised up. God, I thank you for what you've done, Lord. I thank you for calling Jeremy to L.A. to launch Motion City Church. God, I thank you for calling Jimmy to South Carolina to launch the Carolina Church. God, I thank you, Lord, for missionaries, even missionaries out of this church that you've launched. Think of Bill and the end of God to Guatemala. I thank you for that, God. I thank you for people whose lives have been radically changed. Do it again, God, and use your people to do it. Would you look at me? uh, Three things, and I'm I'm done. Um, First question that I have for you is this. Who, Who do you know? Who do you know that's so close to you and yet they're so far from God? Who do you know? God loves them and God wants them close to him. It's the story of God. It's about his family. They become family through blood. It's a blood covenant. We were talking to our kids last night around the dinner table. We were telling them that, that, that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you're in pain. That's our last name. But it wasn't a negative thing. It's a positive thing. And we're like, the reason why, Riley, is because you have our blood flowing through you. See, we become the family of God through a blood covenant relationship. 
when we accept that the blood of Jesus was enough, was the only thing that could. There was nothing else. Not that there was nothing else available. There was just nothing else adequate. Nothing else could. Just the blood of Jesus. I'm going to do a series on the blood of Jesus. It's great. And the blood of Jesus washed our sins away. And God remembers them no more. So if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I could say it this way. If, if something happened to you today and you slipped off into eternity, it happened this quick. Would you know right now, do you know right now for sure, for certain that you are a child of God? Do you know for sure that you have peace with God? Do you know for sure that God is your father and you're his son or daughter? If you don't know, today's the day to know. And, and God says, I want you to know. I want you to know. He don't want you to guess. He, don't, he wants you to know. So how can I be sure that I'm a child of God? Scripture tells us, if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. But see, we have to get to a point where we get off the throne. Self wants the throne. Self and our own pride says, no, this is my life. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it that way. No one tells me what to do. This is my life. That is your sin nature. That's your selfishness. That's sin. And Jesus is greater. So when we say, okay, God, I'm... You know what happens? God will come in and God will forgive your sin. All of them that you've ever done. He will make you new. And then God loves you enough. Not, it doesn't end there. That's the beginning. That's the beginning. Then God wants to grow you and make you like him so other people will be attracted to the family of God. Are you with me? Am I making sense today? Am I making sense? So today, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's standing at your heart's door. He's knocking. And he says, if anyone will open the door, I'll come in. I'll come in. He'll come into your life. But you have to open the door. That's right. And as much as we love to use that verse for non-believers, <laughs> that verse is actually for Christians. And he's outside. So... I think some doors need to be open today. I think there are people here today, you need to open the door and say, I want you to be my savior. I'm going to trade all my sin, shame, and guilt for your life, your forgiveness. And he'll do that. Let's, uh, let's do what we do every week. We do it on purpose every week because every week lost people come. And God's all about saving the lost. I'll lead in a sinner's prayer. You can repeat after me. You're not going through me. You're talking right to God. If you realize that you're a sinner, that your sin separated you from God, but Jesus stood in the gap of that separation. He became the penalty for our sin. And God the Father punished him for our sin. He took our place so that we could trade places perfect became a sinner sinner becomes perfect so that when I stand before God now God sees me perfect because when God judged Jesus on the cross he saw Jesus guilty it's my sins it's your sins you just trade places you just say you accept it you should open the door yes 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 that's what I want we can do it with our mouth so Let's pray this together. Would you say, Jesus, I confess to you today that I am a sinner and I desperately need a Savior. I want you to be my Savior. I declare that Jesus is Lord. And I thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for your blood. It washes away my sins. 
I believe you rose again. And today, I give you my life and I receive your life. Now teach me how to live. As you're standing on the count of three, every location, we had people last week online give their life to Christ. You let us know. However you're watching, let us know if today is the day you cross the line of faith. If you're here, if you're in Blackwater, you're in Navarre, we ask that you raise your hand. Jesus said, whoever, whoever becomes my son or daughter will not be ashamed of me. And so this is your opportunity. This is why we do what we do. This is why we started seven years ago. Because we're going to lead people to passionately follow Jesus. And we can't, we can't lead them to passionately follow him if they don't know him. So we got to tell them, you've been told today. If you said yes to Jesus today, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, I want you to hold it up. Keep it up. Two, three. Right now, hold it up high. All over the room, hold it up. Hold it up all over the room. Hold it up, Navarre. Hold it up. Yeah, come on, Blackwater. Hold it up. All right, right here. Right here. Let's, let's just keep the lights up. Let's just keep the lights up. Thank you. How many of you are a Christian? You're a Christian. You're a Jesus follower. Follower, follower, follower. You're Jesus follower. Hold it up high, would you? Awesome. All right. All right, now keep your hands up. You just volunteered to go after those who are close to you but far from God. That's what you just did. Turn to someone. Turn to someone right now. Oh, clap. That's cool. Turn to someone right now and say, I'm going to hold you accountable. Tell them right now, I'm going to hold you accountable. That's right. Let's go. Let's go. I'm going to hold you accountable. Let's go. Let's go reach them, man. Let's go fishing, man. Come on. Yeah. One more thing. Watch. Watch, watch, watch. How many would say this? You be honest. There's no guilt here. But you say, I'm not following Jesus closely. And today, I'm renewing my life to him. My purpose, I want his purpose. My ways, I want his ways. My life, I want his life. On the count of three, I want you to raise hands. Don't let pride keep the hand down. You know, and God knows, and God's watching. It'd be a good time to get honest with God. On the count of three, if you're like, I'm not living right. I'm t today, 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 today. Seven, that's a good place to start. I'm going to follow Jesus. As a Christian, I'm going to live for him. On the count of three, I want you to hold your hand up. Blackwater, let's go. Navarre, let's go. Go freeze, let's go. Don't you dare wait. Don't you dare hesitate, procrastinate. I want you to hold it up. Here we go on the count of three. One, two, three. Hold it up right now. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. Look at this. Look at all these hands. Yes. Yes. Yes, Jesus. Come on. Woo.